What does it take to become an elite 40K player? How do the top competitors overcome bad dice? The Competitive 40K Network presents Art of War Unbroken. Insight into the game plans of the top players on the planet with your hosts, Blake Law and the Art of War Coaches. Hello and welcome to Art of War Unbroken. Champions may lose, but their spirits remain unbroken. I'm your host, as always, Blake Law. This is episode 44 of the podcast, and we are very excited you're able to join us today. They say we learn the most from our losses. That is what the show does. We are interviewing elite players. We are interviewing elite players. You all know elite people are on this show, and we are breaking down their mistakes, how they plan to learn from them, and how often have you blamed the game on bad dice? We have all done it all the time, every game, always. Now... This episode is a little bit different. We are going to be talking to a very, I'll say it again, elite player who has played several games into what is now referred to as the Tau Quinn meta, where Tau and Harlequins are just absolutely dominating every single faction. This player is a beloved Space Wolf player, and we're going to be talking about the Marine meta in general and his practice games into Harlequins, and how he plans to adjust, move forward, and dominate the meta, or will he? Now, this is part one of the episode. So if you, in this part, we will be analyzing the game. We'll be talking about common mistakes, secondary target priority, all that good stuff. We'll be talking about a practice game today, several of them, in fact, in the Harlequins. Join us for part two, where we'll be diving into strategy, adjustments, all the list plans that he has for Marine Meta into the new meta of AP1. We're going to be talking about all that stuff and more and the elite player mindset. My co-host today is not Brad. It will be for part two. Brad will be back for the Bradning or the Dose Hour or the Brad Hour or the Stallion Hour, however you want to talk about it. But for this part one, we have a very, very, very special co-host. You all know and love him. He's coming back for a second week. He did so good the first time I had to bring you back on. He is the current number one player in the ITC. He came in second place at the Cherokee Open. He finished 20th overall after an amazing 2021 season in the ITC. Mr. Quentin Johnson. Hello, everybody. I'm back. Super excited to be back. Uh, or I could like do a Brad impression right now and pretend I'm like really buff and strong. So, <laughs> I think it's you me, have to, not Brad. You have to say something negative about my intro to really nail the Brad, like as Brad's always like, let me correct your intro because you said I lose, and I'm like Brad, just embrace, embrace the the 2022 season. So Blake, Blake, you just gotta your intro needs more trash. They call me the trash <laughs> man. You just need little yeah. units everywhere that don't actually do anything, but somehow win me games. Yeah, that's about that's not about right. Chester. I'm going to give my Brad's not here to defend himself. So uh, this is going to be released right after Adepticon. So I'm just going to congratulate myself and the Art of War team for dominating Brad in a team tournament. Um, (laughs) We haven't haven't happened yet, but I'm preemptively doing it. He can't defend himself. So uh, congratulations, Art of War, on the uh, Adepticon team win over Brad at his scrub team. So, uh, all right, let's introduce our guest today. Our guest is joining us. He's an international man of mystery. He went on a long flight today, flew halfway across the world so that he could be interviewed from Barcelona to America into your hearts today. He had a great season last year, people. He dominated with Space Wolves. He won a lot of events. He's been on the show multiple times, so you can recap him. Go back and listen to all the things that he has done. 
he has won a lot of events this year. He's won a couple in Spain. He's won a couple in the United States. He is our international art of war man of mystery, Mr. Jaime Paris. Sorry, so quiet. It's really late over here, so I'm going to be a little mindful. Um, but I am going to correct you. I am in Madrid, not Barcelona. Ah, I thought you said Barcelona. Okay. No, Madrid, Madrid. That's ah, where well, I live. Ah, well, that, yeah. I, I stand corrected. Yeah, there but, you go. Uh, I appreciate the enthusiastic howl, actually, despite the fact that it's very late. It's like midnight over there. So I appreciate yeah. you joining us, man. This is actually uh, this is a great, great moment. But tell us about it, man. So you have been playing Space Wolves for a year. And the new meta yeah. is kind of rough There's for him. Played all of ninth edition with wolves. You played all ninth edition, so you've played like two years, two I, and a half years. I only play wolves. Like, well, that's all I play. And you have been playing a lot of games versus the new meta, which is a lot of indirect, which isn't great for you. A lot nope. of AP one, a lot of damage one, damage two, kind of just chip damage. They're going to just pick up squads exactly. of marines. High volume AP one, ignore cover. Yeah, not great. Not great I'm for you. The marine killer. The Marine Killer, absolutely. So, tell us kind of where you're at right now with the play process. So, where you've where you started, where you're at, and kind of what you've been doing for the last month as far as play games. Absolutely. So, let me start right before the weekend because this weekend changed everything for me. It's, it was kind of a sad weekend, but just before the weekend, the meta was Custodes, Nids, and Tau. Those were the three big boogeymen. And I boiled down Custodes to Nids to a dice matchup at the end of the day. Custodes was, can you get through the transhuman? Can you get through the no rerolls? Can you get through the four up in one? Can you roll enough damage? Yeah. I had Woofen in the list that was strength 10, so I was winning on Tuesday they didn't transhuman. I had Eradicators that were flat three damage minimum, flat five within half range to kill bikes. Like I had all the tools that I needed. All I needed was to get past those four ups just one after another, right? And then the Nids matchup with the Crusher was similar thing. The TA, Transhuman, 4-up in Monsphenol Pain. Can you get through the dice? And then the other piece was Tau, right? Like, we've all, everyone's been struggling with Tau, I think. Yeah. Especially the T3 body armies. And their thing was, I'm going to shoot you off the board before you get to me. Yeah. And most of my practice games and tournament games were exactly that. They start at 24 inches, which is where I can't charge. They move into 18, they, they fire their air burst, they fire and fade backwards right outside of 24. I can't charge, and that was the game. And although I tried to focus playing the mission against them, they have very good secondaries between their Tau secondaries where they're scanning those quadrants to max out of 15, stranglehold they're very, very capable of, and grind, right? So they had really good secondaries, so I couldn't outscore them on secondaries. And the way you, we were, try, I was trying to beat Tau was by beating them on primary. But if you get tabled in three turns, that doesn't really work. And they also have a two to the last, which I feel like it's pretty brutal for them, actually, with their pretty su- survi- surprisingly survivable suit units. Absolutely. Yeah. Like, you've all heard me flex on how good the Wolfguard are, how good Wolfen are, how they can destroy anything in combat. They don't do nothing in combat against Tau. So very, very complicated. And I was struggling to figure out what to do against Tau, to be honest, to the point where I gave up on that matchup. It's like, hey, I'm focusing on team events right now. I just won't get paired into Tau. If I do, I'll take the loss. We'll use it to get good pairings. But individual teams, it was honestly not worth it. I lost a couple of events because of Tau and not being able to get through like the critical round three, round four to get to the final because of Tau. So... I on it. I was like, hey, I'm going to focus on Crusher and Custodes and see what Hardy's are about. So up until that point, that's where I was. 
Quinn, do you have anything to add there? Because I know you've been playing the the exact list he's talking about. Well, similar because you do a lot of air or a lot of burst cannons. But do you have anything as oh, far as that? Yeah, matchup? also plenty of air burst. Um, I have tons and tons of marine versus tau experience, and every single one of my games is exactly what Jaime describes, which is that I can shoot you off the board in one to two turns. I don't have to because the way the secondaries break down, I win passively. Yeah. And also, if you do hit me, I have the durability to tank a turn or two between shield drones and a four-up field of pain and four-up involves and excellent screening units. Yeah. And I can shoot into combat and fall back and shoot. And if you hit me and you don't kill all of my suits, um, I played a game of White Scars versus Tau the other day where two of my suit units got, ta- uh, got tagged in combat. Um, behind a wall, so I couldn't shoot them. So I was down two out of three crisis units, and his entire army was right in front of me, and he still got tabled. Which yeah. mean, like, my incidental shooting, one crisis squad and some commanders killed, like, everything. That's absolutely brutal. Yeah, and th- did you find that your primary score was lower in the first three turns, and then once you crippled them, then you start scoring your primary? That is always my plan. It's I have incredible um, passive secondaries. I sit back. I shell you with airburst for three turns. Turn three or turn two or three, I pop out, obliterate what I need to, and then I can just sit there and just kind of face tank the stragglers and then score 12s on turn four and turn five. Yep, exactly. That's ex- that is exactly my like my experience. Is you can put them down on low primary when you're playing super aggressive. And then the other thing was like with Montcar and then getting the extra damage buffs early turns, you can try and slow down the game but you can't because of the incidental damage, right? Like you're taking so much chip damage. I'm losing a Wolfguard unit per turn yeah. and I can't wait three turns. So it's, it's crazy would, volume, man. It's like crazy volume that you can't do anything to stop. And that's, that's what's bad. Yeah. And then you got the smart missile systems that are even better at killing you. And then you stand the open another plasma's power up. Like it's, and at the end of the day, like I'm one of saves, I go to, um, Sorry, I'm two up armor, one up in cover, but they ignore the cover, right? So I'm taking three up saves, and at the end of the day, you're taking 33 up saves, you're losing your squad. Yeah, And for if sure. not, you get crippled, and like your units no longer do damage, they no longer score engage if you even try to take engage. So you're losing points on primary and secondary. So it's just not a good matchup, and I give up on it. You don't always have to try and beat every army out there. That's a good point, man. Especially if you're if you're doing the, the high me method of like, I'm playing this army and sticking through with it. Like you can't always, you know, bank on beating the meta. Like and, and like if it's one, like for example, when Drukari came out and Drukari were the one army that were wrecking everyone, there you can tailor and beat Drukari. But right now, it's Crusher and Custodes, which are completely different playstyles and profiles to Tau. You, as Marines, you cannot tailor for both of those. You can only go for one. So you, I think, sorry, I think a big Glenn. issue with Marines. Um, is that the Marine book is designed to be very generalist. It's designed to do like a decent amount of damage and be decently tough and decently fast and mm-hmm. have decent support. But mm-hmm. what ends up happening is trying to do everything, it just becomes worse at mm-hmm. everything compared to the factions that are just excellent in one specific thing. Agreed. Like, yeah. They don't do enough damage for Tau and they're not durable enough. Um, and they're. Like they die to custodians over time, and they're not fast enough for Eldar. So there's just kind of this like awkward mix where they're trying to master everything but master nothing. 
And yeah. right now, things are slightly too expensive. If we had an extra 300 points where we have so many units and so many redundant op options, then maybe we can give you a run for your money because of the just the sheer volume of stuff. But right now, we're slightly too expensive to be able to compete with these hyper-efficient units. How much does a, a Vanguard or Wolfguard veteran cost? Is with, it with my Storm Storm it's five claws, four shields, one hammer, it's 158. Yeah, I mean, it's like 25-ish points a guy. Um, that really hurts when you're losing them to just random smart misses and stuff. Like, That's you roll that and you lose two, it's 50 points. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and then my chapter master's 175. The chaplain's expensive. Wolfen are greatly costed, but they don't survive because they have no funeral pain and crap armor. So like they hit it like a truck, but they don't survive, which you know, I think Wolfen are very fairly costed. It's just everything else. Our troops are expensive, or they don't do shit. Sorry, I shouldn't swear. They don't do anything. <laughs> I'm not even editing that out. You just uh this just you gave yourself a um a uh precautionary thing there, so we're keeping it. I'm a, I'm a, <laughs> I'm a, I might get emotional over this podcast. It's a down for the Marines, guys. It's kind of a single tier. So that was the that was leading up to last weekend. You were kind that of was pre weekend, exactly. So this weekend, I have my really really good friend Arna from Germany fly over, and he's going to spend the weekend with me. We're going to go to a tournament, but like we didn't buy tickets in early enough, so we just spend the weekend of mine playing games. And he brought his Quinn army, and I've got my wolves. It's like, hey, let's play games all weekend long. You can teach me the matchup. I haven't looked at the codex. And whatever. So when a new army comes out, you obviously want to go through it as much as you can with someone who knows how to play it or is looking at playing and is getting games in. And we go through it, and Art doesn't have any games in, right? He, like he just got the codex, he just got the models painted, ready to play me this weekend. And we're going through it, and immediately the death jester stand out, and they can shoot at characters. So that immediately calls for a list change, and then the sheer volume of AP strength six, AP one, two damage was ridiculous now where does that where does is that, that come from that list is that indirect or is that um it has no, that that's, that's on the that's on the on the uh transports on the star weavers okay. and on uh void weavers too both and of the, the boat so, so, yeah void weavers are ridiculous arna didn't have any of them all he had was uh, star weavers and bikes because he didn't own any void weavers yet he is getting some right now. Oh yeah. Um, but he had so he, let me run you through his list quickly. He had a shadow seer with a shadow stone. He had a solitaire with like the relic sword or whatever it is, and a three up in one. And that's his rule. And then a troop master with also a relic. I don't remember exactly what. Then he had six troops with very fancy loadouts. Troops are now capped at having two fusions per squad. And then he had one of each type of weapon in the squad to unlock all the strats. Because currently, if you have a weapon, your unit gains that keyword, and now you can use that strat. So there's some crazy combos that you can do there, and we'll definitely talk about that in part two, because it was nuts to see in-game. And then he had uh, five transports and nine bikes, a five-man and two two-mans, yeah. and three death jesters. So the death jesters are ridiculous. They're snipers. They're three shots each. There's different ways to upgrade them through pivotal rolls. And they shoot the crap out of your characters. So immediately that called for a list change. And I had to put company veterans back in. Because if not, my characters do not survive a turn in, in the open. And although none of this is indirect, all of these units go inside the transports. And those transports move 22 inches. And they can fire and fade. So it's pretty much indirect. They're going to get line of sight wherever they want. On a 22-inch move, fly, 7-inch fire and fade, right? So they're yeah. getting angles. So you need company veterans. If you have access to bodyguards, put them in your list. 
most characters will not survive in the open against Quinns. I'm just gonna say I that. Agree one hundred percent. Was um, mm-hmm. was he running one of the death jesters with the like quadruple exploding sixes? Set yes. one of the dice to six. Yeah. <laughs> so so one of the combos is um, exp- any sixes to hit explodes three times, three additional. So it's not double exploding sixes like my wolves. It's triple exploding sixes. So it's three shots, one six explodes three times. And he has a pivot roll or an upgrade or whatever it is that he can once per turn, he can turn a six, uh, he can turn one of his dice into a six. (laughs) You roll three dice. It's very, it's honestly likely that you'll roll one six on three dice. It's not, it's not unheard of, right? Like these odds. Then another one of those, you turn into a six. So that's on average two sixes plus a hit. So that's an additional six hits. So that's a total of nine. To a max, so it's between on average between eight and twelve. Normally nine. It's nine hits hitting on twos, right? And then strength six, AP two, six to wound, AP four, two damage each. So you so just out pick of nine characters. Yeah. On threes is six saves. Can you take six up in one? Six in ones. Each of those is two damage. Yeah, yeah and it feels super good. That's from one. He's like then, 70 I'm, points. He's fucking It's like 75 points or something like that. It's 70 um, with um, a Harvester of Torment is 15 over the base, death, base death Jester, I think, is 55. So. Okay, so yeah, 70 like, points. Yeah. <laughs> then there's a second Death Jester that does mortals on a 4 plus 2 wound. So it's three shots, hitting on twos with a reroll, because you have the, these uh, Lock of the Laughing God dice rerolls, which is, I'll explain in a second. Anyways, it's normally three hits, and then strength six, four plus two wound is a mortal wound in addition to. So you're normally taking two mortal wounds plus two saves at AP2 or AP4 damage two. And then there's another guy that is just the three shots, but he is minus two to your move. <laughs> so he's just like picking something. Yeah. That's uh, that's not great. So you um, no- you played against this, and well, what I want to talk about is so you played this, you thought about the matchup, and you adjusted a list. Yes. I want to so talk the, about the list you adjusted into, and then I want to talk about the game you played. Okay, absolutely. So the the um, I kind of tailored my list just to practice this matchup and see what, what I would require to be able to play this army, right? Normally, when I'm ba- building a list for a meta, I won't skew too hard into one army unless it's the only army dominating. And because Crusher and Custodius are still around, I still want those resources I need. So I need, still need my Wolfen and so on. But I dropped my Eradicators and I dropped my Longfangs and Dropbot. Because Quinn's, the, the vehicles, the transports that you're shooting at have two abilities. One, hit roll transhuman. You can only hit them on a four plus. Mm. And they shut off rerolls. No rerolls in shooting. Makes your shooting that was already kind of struggling like a lot worse. Marine shooting struggles and was dependent on rerolls. We were already struggling with custodians shutting off rerolls. Now, and that was a strat that custodians have to use. Quins, no rerolls, and you hit on fours. Yeah. Really hurts your efficiency. Then they're T6, so you're wounding on threes normally with like your Meltas, and then they're four up in one, and then they're six wounds. The problem with the Meltas is the Shadow Seer has an aura of minus six inch range to your guns. So there's no way for you to deep strike or drop pod into Melter range because you're nine inches away, minus six, you're 15 inches away, that's out of Melter range. So now you have to roll a six to kill a popper vehicle. It's, it was really bad odds. So I dropped all the Melta and I put in Terminators. The reason why I put Wolfguard Terminators is because with a Storm Shield in cover, they have a zero up save. 
their three wounds, so all the two damage is very inefficient. And um, I'm taking zero up saves. So it's basically whatever the AP, the max AP they can get is AP4. Most of it is AP1 or AP3. So I'm taking really good saves. Are they ignoring uh, cover on that at all? Are they getting, no. Are they ever going to drop it down? Uh, the, death, all AP1 or AP3. I think one of the death jesters ignores cover, no one else. Okay. So it takes one into zero up saves, right? So it's really, really good. Um, so those were the two list changes. I dropped all the Melta because they were never going to be in range, especially with minus six inch range. You have to be within 18 inches to shoot and you're never going to be within Melta range. So crap. And then uh, I put in the company veterans to protect myself from death jesters. And I put in the terminators to try and survive on objectives. So that was the list changes that I made. So I normally I need those eradicators and drop pod for custodies and nids. I skewed hard into the uh, Hardy matchup just to see what I would need. Right. So that's what, that, those are the list changes that I made. Oh yeah, I mean that 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 makes sense. So you're trying to protect characters. You're trying to put a unit out there. It's not just going to die. Yeah, I'm uh, upping my survivability for objectives. Exactly. Yeah. So, so that was the game. So tell me about the game you played after you made this adjustment. What what so secondaries we, did you decide to take? What did you feel was absolutely. like the appropriate ones for it? Absolutely. So we were playing on conversion. It's one of those quadrant missions. I think that's the name of it. Um, it's one of the um, one of the quadrant missions. Oh, and convergence is the one where you um, you have to take one in no man's land. It's a quadrant. Yes. You take one in no man's land to score two. If you're in your opponents, you score three. And your warlord yeah. has to be on the battlefield to get some no. Um No, I think that's a different one. I think this one, you have to control your home objective. If you don't, you lose a point. Oh, that, that's in, in addition to. So, oh, in addition to the yeah, in addition to that, Yeah, I just sure. played this one yesterday. That's why it's so fresh in my mind. Exactly. I put it practice. So with it's it. a pretty straightforward mission. It's very easy to score the primary bonus because you have to take back one of those objectives most of the time. So what I did was I'll hold an R&D. Um, there's an objective in the middle that I want to go get. There's always two objectives that can ace in a hold for strangle. And R&D, it's easy to hit three quadrants. And I can outflank a unit or I can bounce one of my followers units. Or, ooh, I dropped the scouts, by the way. I dropped the scouts and I put Void's minute arms because they can go in the Landspear Storm and still fulfill the same roles as scouts for 50 points less. Tell me how, um, just for those listening, tell me how you are getting that third quadrant with your list. Like, how did you build it in? So right now, my land speeder storm has a rule that allows a unit inside to disembark after it moves. So it moves 18 inches, the unit inside disembarks three, moves six, can do the action. That's a 27-inch move. It's very easy to go from my deployment zone to your deployment zone and do the R&D. Now that unit inside is not OPSEC, so on a six it fails, I'm just risking it. I'm going for it. Yeah. Um, if that fails then I can bounce one of my Phobos units that puts them into strategic reserves, and then I can come into their quadrant in the later turns and do it then. That's one so CP Guerrilla Warfare? One CP Guerrilla Warfare, yeah. yeah. So I've got multiple ways. Normally, R&D is a very safe choice for me. So yeah. Um, and because it's so a five-objective mission, you're going to take, take Stranglehold and Oath because you're Space Wolves. It's a five-objective mission. That's what yeah. you do. I'm going right in the middle. I'm going to hold two of those objectives, no problem. Like... This should not be an issue. And then Arn took the Harlequin secondary, which is performance of something. We just call it it's performance. A, a deadly performance. A deadly performance, which is a really good secondary. There's He has to do multiple things to complete it, but if he does, he gets three points. So he either has to kill two units in shooting or three units in combat or have a unit in your deployment zone. Or yeah. hold an objective that he didn't hold at the start of the turn. 
Yeah, so one of those three things and then hold an objective they didn't hold. Normally you're taking back an objective, so it's pretty easy to do. So it's normally three points. He maxed that secondary out, he took strangle and he took R&D because he outflanks one of his uh, Quinn units and it's very easy. You can also bounce one of your Quinn units mid game to do the exact same thing as Guerrilla Warfare. So it's also a very good secondary. So in terms of secondaries, I knew he was going to max out performance or strangle. There's always, I can always try and deny three points there and he was going to max R&D. I was going to max R&D. I should be able to max out strangle and oath. So in terms of secondaries, we were pre-tied before we started the game. That was my thought process. And then on primary, it was down to primary. Who wins primary to win this game? That was my thought process going into the game. So I went first, and that means my oath is pretty weak because I, he can shoot me off the middle if I just put a cyberwolf in the center. So I went full aggro. I advanced both Terminator squads onto the middle objective, both wolf and squads right behind them. Both I put everything in the middle. Yeah, so, so you're trying you're trying to play the game like come and take me off this to score your strangle. Exactly. I I put fifteen hundred points in the middle objective, right? With upsec, with fight last, with character protection, with six inch heroics. There's no way you can take this objective. So that immediately put him on the back foot, because um, he has to take that middle objective for stranglehold, right? Like right? That middle objective is what's scoring him his stranglehold. So um, he did a bunch of really fancy stuff. And I lost a lot of units in shooting. I lost a Wolfguard unit. I lost a, I lost a Chaplain because I forgot that those boats moved 22 inches. He jumped over my units, the unit inside with two fusion pistols, shot from inside. And this is where the, the, the luck of the Laughing God dice come in. Harlequins have this rule where you get three dice plus however many dice you want to risk rolling. You roll those dice. If you get any doubles on those dice... You lose the you lose those dice and you only get three, but like if you only roll two, it's very unlikely to get double. So you normally get five, and that's that's the good odds to roll. Mister Brad in the house. I I wanted to go ahead and announce uh, a mysterious Brad has appeared in this episode. So for those listening, um, he is currently winless in uh, 2022. He's he's here. <laughs> he's here finally. 26 minutes into the episode, ladies and gentlemen, Mister Brad Chester. Brad. I love the fact that I was. They they asked me for this episode. They're like, Brad, when can you go? I'm like, I can go as late as you humanly possibly want. I'm very flexible, but I do have coaching calls until this time. And Blake went, Yeah, I don't care. I'm gonna go at this time anyways. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, But uh, I don't know if I can. That's like the only time I can. And he's like, Good to hear. This is hey, what we're doing. Jaime comes well, first, man. Jaime comes first. That's the rule. You're in Guam too. You're are you are you you're internationally bound right now. Like I am bouncing around a lot. By the way, still favorite country. Good job. Good job of being born in my favorite place. Sir. Well, let's, let's, just, let's just uh, let's get back to what we were talking about here. So yeah. he was, so was just telling us about the, um, the just, setup of the game. Yeah. So we were just talking about the luck reroll. And um, you basically have five rerolls. And the crazy thing about these is they're not locked like CP wears once per phase. You can use as many as you want, as many as you have on the same unit. Let's let's be honest, Tommy. They're being used on saves, and it would make you sad about yeah. them. So it's like oh, fusion pistols aren't gonna kill my chaplain. They kill my chaplain. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's not true. He did the psychic power, so they have a psychic power. Like it's a target smite, doesn't need line of sight, twenty-one inches because the shadow stone adds three inches, and it's it's a you take D three mortals and then you roll off. And the crazy thing about the roll off is they win ties. 
And every time they win, you take Mirror a more- Mirror is really good. Yeah, I was just about to say Mirror is just nutbag. That you have what? to watch out so much. And the, you, the thing is, is that one of my, as I was saying that is, when you first get one of these new codexes, codices out, you have to, I think you have to take more time. Like if you were getting ready for this game, I know I missed everything about the pre and the game, but I actually think it's a big deal when you get into this of things you could have done of taking that extra, like literally take an extra like three to five minutes and look over. Cause you're like, I know what Nira Minds does. And then you're like, but do I in your positioning? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you, absolutely. Absolutely. You can just set up because I've been caught in test games right away. And I'm like, I know what this power does. I know what this does. I know what foot in the future does to for my spacing. But like you don't, you know what I mean? You you're not used to it. Yeah. So you you're not setting up perfectly for it. Yeah. And and you really gotta think about it because those minor details of winning the draw is huge. It really increases the odds of winning that roll-off. So he had a bunch of models and he ate two fusions and died. So losing the chaplain that early on really sucked. He did a bunch of fancy moves to try and score the middle objective, but I denied him strangle. So that was turn one. So I already have an advantage on stranglehold. I maxed out my oath. I maxed out the strangle. I'm maxing out my oath. So I just try and hold. I was like, I'm just going to stay. I have really good control of this middle objective. He doesn't have threat ranges on my home objective or the other one. I can keep denying him stranglehold. I'm going to win this game. Where did right. it go wrong? <laughs> it's, it was the sheer volume. It's, oh. can, like, it's, it's, it's 50 shots of strength six, AP one, two damage. So how did so your your whole uh, like tech into this was you took the ten terminators? How did they do in the matchup? Do you feel like that's still the answer? They they soak up a full turn of shooting power, but Harlequins have this thing where like if you declare them as a charge one CP they move six inches. My terminators are slow, so all they did was they just sit there and just hold the objective. I couldn't reach him. He took out my Wolfen first, so he wouldn't have to commit fighting. Then he took out my Wolf Guard. And then the last thing he took out was my Terminators. Did you think you could have played a little bit more uh, KG on that? Well, well, was there what was the deployment? I'm sorry, what was the terrain again? It was conversion, sweep and clear, quadrants. Did you was it player placed or I'm sorry, coming in? No, I guess it was player placed. We just played Standard. with terrain. Yeah. Right. It's just one of those things where I found with the Harlequins that I end up playing a very Tiki tack game for the first couple turns because yep. of the fact that they don't have anything indirect. And I want to I want to do even even at hitting on fours, no rerolls and stuff like that with my indirect and everything else. I'm looking to just chip away wounds or at least make them commit to me. For instance, the yep. Wolfen. There I I don't know if I would have I'm just thinking of I'll think about more things for the braddening to tell you when we come yeah. in here. Yeah. But there I, I just found the most effective way because of the fact that if you conventionally play the Harlequins and you give them direct shots, which you aren't ever trying to do in the first place, but it feels like if you actually play a little bit more of a waiting game with them, you end up having better, or at least I have, I've had better success making them do something as opposed to going, I'm going to commit to here and here. And then you go, oh, prismatic cannons suck along with six star. So sure, no void weavers? No woodwears. He didn't own any. What, All he had was five transports and nine bikes. What would you do differently? Like, I want to impart in the Brad Hour. I want to talk about um, like your list changes. What what you plan sure. to do moving out of that? But in the, as far as like moves go in the game and like the strategy, what do you feel like you could have changed to make this game more competitive for you? So. 
I think I made the correct decision rushing the center objective and forcing him to have low um, primary score just because I was right about winning on primary. Our secondaries were perfectly tied. Um, he just won on primary on the last two turns because I ran out of resources. I could have held back a little bit longer and done that turns three and four instead of turns two and three. I don't know how much differently, especially because then my shock assault kicks in. But I don't know. The table wasn't open, but the center objective was. If you um, if you go second, do you feel like you have a strong advantage with just yes, just because of both? Because because I max out both going second, I can I can play slower because yeah. I went first. I can't max out. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, everybody. For everybody that I wish this was a video podcast right now, because Blake said that, and all three of us made a total shitty face about, yeah, of course it's better, Blake. I'll just slap him in the face a little bit. I'm just bit. saying it for those listening. <laughs> I, I, know, I know the no, answer. It, yeah. I, I, I'm not saying make fun of it. It was just so funny because everybody's reaction was exactly the same with their face. No one said anything. We all just kind of gave that bite into a lemon look at you and went, no, yeah, yeah, man, it would be a lot better. Oh, maybe, <laughs> so Joe, I, maybe Joe from rural Missouri doesn't know that it's going second better. Okay, like <laughs> come that on. is a big thing though, because people think that, and there's a lot of stats on that that going first is the big deal. But especially for Hami's army, dude, Oath is literally auto points if you go second. He can so put, yeah, it's crazy. You can go, okay, here's a cyber wolf because that for that middle objective you said was open. So going second is literally free points. And going first is I have to now sacrifice things or I have to try to guarantee yeah. I can take it by putting too much that I wants to. 15-point yeah. cyber so, of going second feels amazing to get oath. It is amazing. It is amazing. So in the second game, I went second. This was a Dawn of War mission. It was the six objectives were like they're offset, off-centered. Um, but I went second and turn one, he lines up 24 inches away from me so I can't charge him. And he puts his shadow seer right in front to mirror of mines, and he picks up a squad and a half of my uh, half a squad of my wolf guard. I'm like, I can't. And he picks up a you know wolfen on an angle with a death jester. One death jester picked up by wolfen. Yikes! I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah, man, it's 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 the exploding sixes guy. It's, yeah, it's well, you, you, you mean exploding sixes, and then just deciding that one of your dice is a six? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that, and that's a pretty good arc, you just roll the other two again to see if you get sick. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. <laughs> so it's um I couldn't stay at range because the death jesters pick off at angles. And like, okay, cool. I pop the transport that they're in, they just jump into another one, get into another angle, and they're shooting at 30 inches away. So they're getting all the angles they want. It's like I can't stay in my deployment zone. And the mirror of mines is just gonna pick up my chapter master because say he she doesn't kill my chapter master in one go. My child to master dies the second turn. He's my obsec. He's my rerolls. He's my advance and charge. He's the linchpin to my army. He's only five wounds. I can't deny that power because he's at twenty-one inches, and I don't have any denies. So it's I. I rushed them. I killed the shadows here, turn one, and I, then I fell apart. So going first was better, being able to rush the center and forcing him to react instead of letting him set up. Yeah, and just take me off a range and and making me commit. It makes a difference on what your terrain setup is too, because a heavier WTC board would help a lot with that. Uh, because yeah, you, yeah. Can, you can go point to point, but I do think that the the lighter boards are going to give a huge problem, especially for 
yourself, Space Wolves, Blood Angels, I mean, any of the the hand that, you know, that are going for more melee-centric armies because yeah. of the fact that you, they start to dictate what you have to do and you don't want to rush in the first place. For sure. And disclaimer, okay. the objectives were pretty in the open. They, it was very, so the way we set up the terrain for the second game, we're trying to be a little experimental is we had all of the objectives completely in the open, but we had very, we had ruins all around the objective. So you couldn't hold an objective from inside a ruin, but the angles to shoot onto those objectives are very hard to get to. I think like, Bra- yep, Brad came in and disrupted everything. Um, Quinn, what are your thoughts on all this? We haven't heard from Quinn in like ten. Brad came in and just like Kool Aid man through the wall. Kool Aid so. man through. Yeah, I was in my spot. <laughs> um, everything I'm describing is really in line with. I play Harlequins um, with what I've experienced. Um, Voidweavers just take all that shooting and just kick it up a notch because they also have a billion like better last cannon shots. So all those Terminators want to save uh, prismatic cannons or AP4 and they just die. Um, I think also it sounds like your friend was like newer to the book. So there's a lot of crazy tricks with like a solitaire and the foot in the future troop master. I don't know if he had that. Um, Oh yeah. If you have a lich, if the linchpin character. Um, I say, cool, here's six attacks and six portals, and they all ignore invulns and they're flat three damage, and, and goodbye. Um, yeah. He ignored it, and he went into my chapter, and he was, goes like, that's a nice four up in one you have there. No. <laughs> you can't. Take your six up armor saves. Take, take these AP three, three damage each. Oh, you fell two, I, I you think, I think the biggest issue that Marines of all shapes and sizes have into Harlequins is that Harlequins are just so much faster, like two yeah. to three times as fast as, as Marines. Um, yeah. So you can dance around, you can get angles and zoom away. You're never going to get charged because it's the, it's the efficiency you also. Just go wherever and you want. By the way, the yeah. extra wound on the troop leader, huge difference. <laughs> Being able to kill one model instead of two when you fell a couple saves is huge. Yeah. And if you want a troop squad to survive and you've got five lock rerolls, they're not dying. It's a four up in one re rollable, and you can just re roll all your fails as long as you got dice. It's, it's, they're so ridiculous yeah. on blocking, too. Yeah. Five players can get in front of things that they have no business getting in front of because of the four mm-hmm. up in Complete. And then you put on the solitaire with a three up in one re rollable. Oh the, my God. The solitaire, you can take him. You give him minus one to hit, no re rolls. Yeah, and he moves what... out like 24 inches because you blitz him onto an objective. And he sits there and heroic six inches and he can consolidate into you after it and you can yeah. fall back and charge. Yeah. Um, I think it's like essentially a three-year-old one bomb save. Sometimes I'll just put him in front of their army and they don't kill him. Yeah. Because it's a three-up oh no, I failed to save free roll. Yeah. So for you two Quinn players, do you prefer going first or second with luck rerolls? I prefer honestly going second. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just prefer going second in like every game I play because the bottom turn primary I think is so massive because it lets you play a little bit cagier and then I can get those eight points. It's in, yeah. in the new missions. I, I like I typically like going second with almost all my armies, but it's in this mission pack. It's a big deal. Like the one you just played, you get a figure that if you go second, you have a possibility for a twenty point just on primary turn five because you get eight point. You can get up to eight points in the yeah. mission tertiary and then you know the twelve points from there. So it's yeah. so big on that. And the thing is, is that if you're playing Harlequins, you don't care. I can deploy, like, Quentin can set up so ridiculously defensive, and you have no shots on him. And then he goes, okay, cool, 22 inches cool. of movement, 
and now I'm wherever I needed to be anyways. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So it doesn't yeah, matter. You can troops starting really good transports, and those transports are very hard to pop. Is damn outright impressive. It's, For all it, those armies out there, do the math to see what your list requires to pop a six wound Star Weaver. Especially at the minus the the ranges and stuff like that. Minus six range, only hitting on fours, no reroll hits. Four up in one, rerollable. Two yeah. double Castellian meta, baby. We're going to we're at two Castellans, so we're just we're just staying That's, back and lobbing. The problem with that is that it's like you'd you, you, you play Clinton and he would just never be seen by you. Yeah, I'm, like, I'm like, hey, these big guys are back here. I score zero points, but um, yeah, come you, you on, come definitely kill. You kill a bunch of stuff. He would never come at you. Though. Yeah, <laughs> by the way, the void, weavers, the void weavers will kill a Castellan in a turn. That is true. Yeah. Uh, just I mean, well, my favorite lines today, which was, if you own nine void weavers, play them if you got them, because it's not going to be there for that long. I mean, this is like a literally a general grievous like nerf bat swinging four arms at a time that are going to hit those guys. Asking for it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, when you see a list and every list goes, "Hey, here's max of this," you just accept the fact that there's a top ring rope nerf coming at you. Yeah. Just period. Well, I play Eldar too, like Craft World Eldar, and all of my Craft World Eldar lists start with nine Void Weavers. Yeah. I'm like, okay, so we're going to build an Yandan Wraith army. Hmm, I have 1,400 points left over after my six Void Weavers. (laughs) (laughs) It's silly, man. It's it's crazy right now because I actually think that Harlequins are a wacky fun army if Void Weavers didn't exist. I think they're really good. Don't get me wrong. I still think it's an S-tier army, but I don't think it's the army that you just leave the table and you're like, I'm going to go ahead and flip this real quick to show everybody how I feel. Yeah. So that's that's actually a really good point because I've lost a lot of games against Tau and I did not enjoy any of those games. Yeah. It's anyone can pick up the army and just point and click, pick up it, your opponent. Whereas Quinn's is an army that allows for a good player to show off. My yeah. opponent, Arn, he's an incredible player, and he was doing some really good tricks. And it shows, and it's a joy to play against, and although it's busted and broken and whatever you want to call it, it allows a player to show off their skills. I and it's enjoyable to play against and lose to against. And as, and as soon as they get dialed down a little bit, it's a great army to play against. They're super fun. Well... Thanks for joining us today, man. We're going to jump right into part two. We're going to talk the Bradning okay. Hour. We're going to talk about your list adjustments. You're going to go into the Marines because I think there's a lot of Marines out players out there that are crying after this episode. And I want to hear what I'm Mr. Space Wolf is going to do about it. You're not going to like my answer. <laughs> You're not going to like, <laughs> not like my answer. That's, that's not the clickbait oh, no. I need. I need. I need like. Five tips. You may like the answer. You know, like no. The click. The click bit is the the aerospace marine is over. We'll be back in September. <laughs> Codex well, two point baby. Just gotta hold out hope. Quinn, thanks for joining us, man. Thanks for taking over for Brad in part one and uh, guiding me in the correct um, correct way, man. And Brad, thanks for Kool-Aiding man into the episode. Uh, oh like yeah. Twenty six minutes late, but uh, <laughs> I want to put out point out to everybody that in the next month, I give it. I get five, four to six weeks. We are going to be transitioning part twos to video on YouTube. So that is going to happen. Brad is, Brad is freaking out. He's excited. We're going video and uh, give it a couple months and video will be available for part two subscribers. I'm a pretty, pretty princess and people need to see me, damn it. They need to see Brad. You need to see his Vulcan who doesn't even play anymore. I'm just sad when I look at it. But uh, 
All right, everybody, thanks for listening. And make sure to join us for the rest of our content on theartofwar40k.com. Make sure to check out our other podcasts. We have The Art of War Vanilla now with Nick Nanavati and Paul Murphy. And make sure to check out the very American Art of War Down Under with the late and great Adam for the Art of War pistachio flavored. You didn't know you loved this till you tried us. Thanks for listening, everybody. Join us for part two. Like what you just listened to? Check out Art of War and the Art of War Down Under podcast on the competitive 40K network. Theartofwar40k.com. 